0: Welcome back, guys. We're doing another one. You can't stop us. We're back at it again. This is 12 for a Penny, episode five, starring me, Seth, and my father, Scott. Fun fact, that's neither of our actual names. (laughs) (laughs) Try and get us, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in again, guys. We appreciate it. Um, We'll get rolling on this one. So the album that Seth gave me was 2004. For all caps, MF Doom, Mad Villainy. Seth, why did you give me this record?
0: I give you this record because we've been talking about hip hop a bit recently. So Wu Tang, Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, and I'll admit it, I'm an Eminem. They were my kind of guys that got me into hip hop and made me a fan of hip hop. But now, MF Doom, now he's a kind of a different animal because he's hip hop. But I never heard shit that sound like MF Doom. And it brought me to a place where I frequent and I haunt and I live constantly in the underground hip-hop scene. And Doom is the undisputed, he isn't even the level of a king. He's over a king. He doesn't rule. He just is the ruler. And uh, that's what MF Doom was to me. My, My buddy Brad, we talked about him last episode, put me on Mad Villainy and it's been a loving relationship ever since. MF Doom is, he's the go, he's the go, and I gave it to you because I know you like people that can rap good and say good words, and I know you like some chopping and sampling, (sighs) Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of the underground hip-hop records. It's one of the ones that if, I remember I made a playlist for Aiden to get him into the sound and this a lot of Mad Villainy was on there and as you know me and I are lifelong friends and I completely owe Mad Villainy to that so Mad Villainy is one of my favorite records of all time
1: and that's why so it. where did uh, where did you find it
0: Brad 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 brought it to me we were in uh Mulgrew's class freshman year and he was like dude you gotta hear this and he gave it to me gave me the headphones and I think the first words out of my mouth were, this is weird, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> because the only the only reference I had for hip hop was Wu-Tang. And that was literally it. And I was like, this doesn't fit in this box. I think I said it gave me Wu-Tang vibes, which is like someone said uh, a guy watching a movie who's only seen Boss Baby, this movie's giving me real Boss Baby vibes. That was basically me with Mad Villainy and Wu-Tang. But yeah, Brad, Brad put me on it.
1: So what's funny is like, I actually got Wu-Tang-ish written down here um, on that. So I I got that feel too. Um, Did you think that there was any any possibility that I wouldn't like this album? I didn't foresee. um, I definitely
0: think, I thought myself, well, he might not love it. He might not jam with it. Because there's records you like, and then there's records that are fucking jams. And I thought the probability of this being a jammer was pretty high.
1: Okay. So about that. um, Yeah, it's uh, slammed. It's a great freaking album. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, It's, I've listened to it, I've probably listened to it maybe a dozen times. Um, It's It's great. And I will say this is, I've said this on you know, a lot of them, anybody that's my age that grew up, you know, listening to rap in late eighties, mid nineties, early two thousands, you'll love this freaking record. It is absolutely a slam dunk, great album. Um, and it, this just could be with me being out of the music scene for a long time. I would think that this is like a hundred percent certified classic when it comes to hip hop of this genre, it's it's it absolutely 100% fantastic. Is. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent bona fide classic.
1: Well, good. It should be. Um, just kind of jumping into it. On that, the intro is so freaking cool. It's so killer. It's so, It's so well done. Um, the samples, the cuts, the forty style stuff. It just sounds so so cool. Um, and then you go into freaking accordion which is just mind-blowingly unique that you're gonna reverse reverb an accordion sample over and over and over again and just make it a banger now one thing if you could um help me a little bit with this so I know you've got um you know doom and uh is it madlib and uh and then the third is eyes uh, lord quaz well, well i know you've got quasimodo and like the aliases like quasimodo and like victor vaughn that are on there um now there was another person that was listed on a lot of the tracks let me look it up again sorry this is uber professional um that's right
0: there it's okay when it comes to names and credits doom for a while they didn't have everything under the mad Doom has released probably dozens of projects under different names. And so for a while on Spotify, you had to go to Doom or MF Doom or Metal Fingers to find certain projects because he just purposefully kept releasing it under different names. But now, mm-hmm. luckily, Spotify has it all under mm-hmm. one
1: umbrella. So His, the confusion so, is totally understood. So, and then, so Mad Villain, is that another person? That, or is that
0: an A? Mad Villain's just them. Mad Villain's Mad Lib and Doom as a unit. Because okay. he did that on Danger Doom, he did a similar thing with uh, Danger Mouse, and that was released under Danger Doom.
1: Okay, so that because that was a little bit confusing, and as I was reading some of the stuff on it, um, that was kind of hard to follow. I would be interested in, in you know listening to to more of the stuff and learning more of the aliases, because one of the things that Swan, um, like Fancy Clown, um, is that it's basically a diss track. To himself on that, to his other alias on that, which is kind of funny. But I was kind of needed a scorecard to keep up with all that stuff. I wasn't sure who was who was what. Um, but no, the sound on it's absolutely fantastic. The production's great, the samples are great. Um, the way they cut it up, all that stuff. It just sounds phenomenal. And you're a hundred percent right. Lyrically, the rapping on this is super strong, it's super clean, it's super clear. Um some of it's absolutely hilarious. Some of it is, uh, actually, you know, uh, I do to say like a hardcore hustle. That one kind of took me by surprise because that was the first like pretty serious hardcore bang. Definitely Mm a Chuck D flow on that. Also on that and and drops power to the people in it a couple different times. And then that followed up by, um, by strange ways, which again, is a really strong kind of, kind of different than the rest of the album, you know, a little bit more on that, but, um, America's most blunted. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's so funny the way the way that it's sequenced on there too. Uh, the intros and outros are funny. Um, you know, rainbows is great. Curls is great. Uh, money folder. You know, he shouts "I care" us once. We got love him for that. Um, Holder of a bunny money money folder. I mean, it's just as there's nothing there's nothing you want to skip on this there's nothing that you don't want to listen to multiple times um fantastic artist fantastic album and now i i listened to it probably like the first i think i only listened to the first six or seven tracks i had to do something and so i threw it back on and listened to the rest of it and i was like man this is just this this is killer all killer no filler um and so i'm definitely gonna check out the rest of the discography on it um i do think that if i knew a little bit more of like the aliases and stuff like that i probably would have got a lot more of the inside jokes on it mm-hmm. and some of the other funny stuff because like that when he's calling them like tin head and all that on fancy clown um which again to the best of my knowledge is one alias <laughs> dissing the other <laughs> yeah. alias in a song which he's- is pretty unique <laughs> He he's in that multiple times. He he had a whole Doom
0: had a whole beef with Victor Vaughn for like five years, and they're literally it's it rocks it rocks. He he's the king. I mean, you can tell there's like a ton of mythology and world building and like character stuff going on, and that's what that's that's what Doom brings to the table
1: at at all the time. So did he end up doing a lot of stuff with other artists and for other artists as well, or was this mostly just kind of like this group running this, you know? this uh, universe they created, I guess, for lack of a better term.
0: The history of Doom is pretty long. Um, he ran around with a group called, um, God, All Monsters, something about, um, all, it's Owl Attack, Monsters, something like that. But Doom has released a couple solo projects um, just under his name. And, but for a while, he just kept doing executive produced stuff. He, like, Mad Villainy, Mm Food, um, Operation Doomsday, usually like his big three. He did a, another collab with uh, Madlib, Take Me to Your Leader. He was, it was King Ghidorah or King Ghidra then. And then he did like Danger Mouse with Danger Doom. He did um, Metal Face meets Zarface; Those two did a record together. Um, he's done some solo stuff. And then he just randomly put out like 10 tapes of just beats that he does because on almost all of his solo stuff, he exec produces that too. So he has 10 tapes of beats that he's made. So Madlib is pretty active in the, in the hip hop scene. He lends beats to like everybody. He's all over the place, tons of credits. But Madlib and Doom, this was the only project they did together to the disappointment of thousands and thousands of fans. Everybody ever asked for Mad Villainy too apparently it exists but it's never coming out
1: wow really so this was this is a one-off between those two yeah yeah no fool and oh wow yeah i don't blame him wow that's oh man that's sad yeah um, i actually love to, actually, I'd actually love wait i think
0: i think take me to your leader i'm gonna double check that because i think take me to your leader is um another exec produce yeah it's the king Ghidorah album king Ghidorah, but it's only got Doom, Doom's on a few, I think Doom's on all the songs. I actually, I haven't listened to, I've listened to a few singles on this, but I don't have enough, I don't know enough to give you a straight answer on that. But I think if you dig this, take me to the leader by King Ghidra, pretty sure it's the same situation. Okay. That could be tripping. I could be wrong, some, some underground hip hop. Doom's hard to keep track of. I can't fucking figure anything out with him yeah yes, i, mean,
1: I say it was like on purpose and apparently it was like he lived it outside the studio too that there was you know i just remember reading stuff when he passed that you know it was notoriously private and there was not a lot of shots just of him running around that were all over the internet i mean there's some obviously that's mm-hmm. real life but like he kind of protected that persona and like his secret identity i guess for lack of a better term you know that, that's oh they that yeah. really he lived he lived the gimmick and uh that, that's cool that's really cool and then you know rhinestone cowboy to kind of cap it off is pretty that's pretty freaking out there too <laughs> um but again all in all it just a, a killer record um i just enjoyed the heck out of it it's again highest recommendations to to anybody out there that's my age that liked liked rap in that again in that time frame because it'll take you back it's you'll you like the sound you'll know the sound you'll like the flows you like the style um it's just all top notch man it's it's good and i'm glad you gave it to me because it's uh it's it's a great album it's it is it's truly a great album so i loved Doom,
0: it dooms the shit <laughs> dooms the shit were there any uh
1: were there any because you
0: you were just like listening off tracks that you like on there and i was thinking to myself holy mm-hmm. fuck there is just so many good ones um are there any standout because standout tracks is whatever are there any standout bars that you got off, off that you can remember that you thought were dope
1: Um, I thought, I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of funny stuff uh, as far as something that just jumps out to mind. Um, besides a couple of things that I wrote, you wrote down on there, um, there wasn't a lot that really jumped out. It was more the, the whole of the album, um, and just the sound of it and the, and the style. Um, but I said hardcore hustle and, and strange, strange ways. Um, those are both really strong. And they were both really strong and kind of different than the rest of the album when it came to that it wasn't a lot of laughing and haha on that one they were they were coming it. they were harder definitely harder tracks um oh there was one on accordion and i was i was gonna ask if you if you got this reference or whatever so um it says skinny legs like joe tex <laughs> do you do you get that do you know that reference do you get it I, or do you know what it's i about? only
0: I only know it because of the song, and Peggy also has a Joe Tex line on one of his songs where he talks about skinny legs like Joe Tex. Skinny legs and
1: all, right? Okay, yeah, because Joe Tex has a Boxer, song called right? Skinny Legs and All. No, he was an artist singing a song called Skinny Legs and All, oh. and that's, that's what that's referring to. So yeah, that one was funny. I laughed at that. Um, yeah, Raid was really Raid's really good too. I wrote that down. Raid's really strong. Raid's yeah, it was really tough. strong. So, I'm glad you brought, yeah, glad you brought up
0: Strange Ways because Strange Ways is the same way for me where it's like a lot of like supervillain, escapade, heisty kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. when Doom comes in with the he prays four times a day, he prays five. It's like, well, Doom, Doom what are you doing over here, dude? You <laughs> fucking cool it, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the other thing, it was a little bit um, a little bit hard for me to, to kind of follow sometimes. I'm still not a thousand percent sure. I'm not exactly sure who was rapping what at what time because they do sound pretty similar also at Mm -hmm. times um so that was I wasn't exactly sure you know who was doing what but uh no all in all man it's like cheers brother that's a that's one to put up on your pedestal man that's that's an unbelievable pardon me an unbelievable record and worthy of all the praise they got
0: is what we like to hear as far as far as the flow because I have heard people critique the, well, not many people. I have people say that like, Doom is always repeating this like, this rapid fire flow, where it's just like the same thing over and over again, but it just kind of turns in like a trait that like, you get, it's like, oh, that's just the way he raps. Did that Did that get, did ain't that do anything for
1: you? Like, did the flow been the same? No, not at all, because it actually reminded me um, a lot of like, like Tribe, or, like, uh, probably uh, I was gonna say RZA, but maybe Rayquan instead. Where it's yeah, just so, yeah, a, some of the guys. It, it's you know, it's a, it's a lower end. Um, you know, it's not sing-songy at all. It's you know, it's really just you know spitting beats out. But no, I didn't find it repetitive whatsoever. Um, that's also a sound that was. Far more prevalent in the artists that, that I listen to and that we listen to, mm-hmm. uh, that style. So no, it's you know I I couldn't see that as a negative whatsoever. That was interesting. Um, I <laughs> <I> could, <laughs> my my light's going out over here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I I didn't find that off putting or distracting at all. Uh, it's just a okay. it's just a style. But again listening to some of the the older artists that i listened to that was also kind of more of their style it was more of a you know just spit bullets the entire time there wasn't a lot of you know there was like no sing-songy stuff or or you know no breaks or, or tricks or gimmicks like that it was just the mc being the mc and that's what it reminded me of it actually it, it's like I said the the sound of it because the fuzz and everything was again like i said sound you know very wu-tang to me but um it, it had a, it reminded me a lot of tribe and mm-hmm. a lot of like De La Soul and even mm-hmm. a little bit of Jungle Brothers. Um, just by the overall sound and kind of the, the the gritty sound of the album um and the production style on it. But now I wouldn't now I wouldn't say that that, that was distracting at all. I follow,
0: yeah. And and the sound, yeah, the sound is super because I'm I'm a big lib fan too. And I, there he has some solo projects out where he raps on too, because he raps on this. And like that, that guy they there's like videos of him in his den with his fucking records and this guy is about as og as it gets just fucking looping 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 going to the store getting fucking crates and making it work but the funny thing is he uh he still produces he did a song on the life of pablo kane's record called no more parties in la and they asked him what he makes his beats on now and I'm not shitting you, he said an iPad. <laughs> he makes his beats <laughs> on a fucking iPad now. <laughs> and it is so annoying. <laughs> hey, technology, baby. If it gets the job done, I I, tr- I trust Madlib. He has all my fucking full trust. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so no, it's, it's a, super happy to listen to it, super happy to be introduced to it. Uh, for all you fans that of mf doom out there i can definitely understand why and i would put myself up in in your little group right now because i'm definitely definitely a fan of the album definitely a fan of the artist have to listen to that fucking doom pilled over here
0: dude <laughs> <laughs> this is what we like to hear yeah there there was there was like a small percentage i was like he's eh. he's gonna be like yeah it's good but i'm very glad that it was a fucking smash hit because this yeah I can never not like this is comes on the shuffle my like songs in my library all the time and there's nothing like I just I like there's bars I forget about there's like certain like weird breaks I forget about and I just every single time I just I just love it start to finish it's like it's like 50 minutes and it flies by yeah it does fly by it's ridiculous and whenever I hear that the the curls those like it's just so much damn Fun! It's, it's the best. And rest in peace to... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Whenever you were doing your uh, reading about Doom, did you hear... Did you read anything about the Doom postures? No. <laughs> All right. So this is a very interesting Doom lore thing. So Doom does live shows. Kind of. For a while, like, there's like a 10-year stretch where he would send out people in Doom masks with his build that warned him to go do shows and lip sync his songs. Wow. And people caught on about it and they got very, very pissed off. And he was like, I'm a super villain. Like he, well, he didn't say anything about it because he's Doom, but he did that regularly for a
1: hot minute. So he, in real life, copied Dr. Doom's Doom bots and sent them to do shows under <laughs> his guy that's freaking awesome i'd be furious yeah. if i paid money to see one of those shows but that's so freaking cool this guy lived the gimmick so hard that he actually created his own doom bots in real life instead of out that, that's fantastic kudos to you <laughs> sir. <laughs> kudos to you
0: he, he's the dopest guy and people ask him like yo what kind of shit do you listen to because he did interviews sometimes and i remember there was one interview where he just said uh, he's like i don't really listen to music this is just like it's it's literally just a hustle he's like i rap good i'm gonna do that get my dough and fucking chill that was that was doom that was doom man he's the man that's awesome man that's awesome <laughs> he's a cool guy he collaborates with <laughs> Dull Swim and a lot of people frequently but he doom doom's
1: the man doom's the fucking man i agree i did want to take a second and talk about the death of taylor hawkins Uh, drummer for the Foo Fighters you know we we say on here a lot of times that our stuff is a cycle and how you know everything comes back around Um, when we talk about music and what we like and you know the albums that I like that I give to Seth and the stuff Seth gives to me and I don't know if you can see this or not but That's a concert ticket of the first proper show that I took Seth to, and it was a Foo Fighter show um, from eleven years ago, and so they were always kind of a touchstone band for us. Uh, it was the first thing that we really kind of bonded over. He had a Foo Fighter sticker on his door for years and years and years, and they were kind of the first artists that we kind of that we kind of bonded on. So you know, Taylor's death hit me pretty hard. Um, but I'm glad that, that Seth got to see him live, um, that we got to experience that. And, and that's kind of what's got us here to do this is kind of our love of music for that. And so to all the, the foo family that's out there and his family, um, all love to you guys, you know, tragic loss and, uh just thank you, thank you for letting, getting this to the point where my kid and I can do this together. Of the love of the music, and uh, you'll be missed.
0: I remember I was I was thinking about that today as I was thinking we should we should say something about Taylor, because that was a I mean I saw and I I thought it might have been a hoax or something because I know they were on tour and they've still been crushing it and putting out stuff all the time, and now and i mean that was just point blank the first real concert i've been to and i remember it was very like you go to your first concert you know how to act you don't know what to do and it was like maybe a two hour long show they played forever they played for fucking ever and they did the whole thing they came out in the middle of the pit and they had like an extended stage and they did like a double encore and one of the things I remember very vividly is that we didn't organize we didn't plan it we didn't talk about it when White Limo came on we both just got up and went to the bathroom (laughs) it was one of the fucking funniest things that was that was so great and it really yeah no that really was a a tremendous show and now I just be ever since COVID I've not been living at concerts but that definitely was one of the, the foos were the band where we could both fucking jam out. And I actually have been re listening to the foos uh, over the past year, revisiting like wasted light and stuff. And uh, I mean, I remember listening to pretender on my little, before I had a phone listening on the MP3 players in like, I had it stuck between like the Beatles and walk a flocka. Cause that's the era we were in. And uh, You know, the Taylor thing was, um, it is a tragedy, but we also have a whole tremendously large body of work to remember this guy by. And uh, that is more than a lot of people can say. And the foos, the foos are the shit they are the shit. It takes a lot of balls to be a drummer for Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah. And and he was the guy and he was that guy.
1: Yeah, he's he was definitely a unit, man. There's no no question on that and and uh I mean musically unbelievable talent a guy and you know, I'm I'm curious to see what what's going to happen with them going forward. I think we've probably seen the last of them I hope I hope not, but I I just have a feeling that it's going to be pretty pretty tough for Dave to, to, to go back on to go back with them so you know maybe they repackage do something different you know pick up some new musicians do something else but um, but again it's just uh, you know I just want to say thank you you know thank you to him because that's why you and I are doing this right now you
0: know most certainly
1: who knows what would happen so we'll roll on to the album that I gave you. I am super interested in hearing this. So I gave Seth 1987 Prince Sign O the Times.
0: Sign O the Times.
1: Tell me what you think, boy. Well, why did you give me this record? The reason I gave you this record, again, and this cycles back to something that we talked about earlier with the Charlie XEX album. And about what what direction could pop music go in and, and, you know, can they push it to the limit and doing all that stuff. And I think I said during the, during the review, that it can still be clean and it can still focus on the artist. And that was the one thing that I didn't really like about the album, you know, per se is, is it didn't really focus on the artist. And so I was always thinking of albums that I want to give you and to listen to. And this particular album Came out at a time when rap was becoming commercially viable. Now it was becoming a big thing as far as sales, and MTV play and radio play, and um, this is you know right after this. I want to say it was about six months later. Bad came out by Michael Jackson, and this was kind of like they're they're trying to fight off and hold on to the charts, you know, and hold on to the to, the, to that um, that that part of music and. This was, I thought, a really good example of an artist pushing a particular style of music or, or, you know, pop music or a genre forward, but still focusing on, you know, on their particular voice and not hiding it. And I say that, and I'm sure you'll get into a lot of the voice stuff on here. Um, And the other reason I gave you this is I'm sure probably more than anything that I've given you so far, anyone watching this, I'm sure was aware of Prince. He's, you know, he was a mega, mega, mega star. Um, No, I I think it'd be hard pressed for too many people to know, you know, before they watched that who Delamitri was because they just weren't familiar. Everyone's familiar with Prince in one way, shape or form. Uh, You've definitely heard some of his songs, but I, I don't necessarily think a lot of younger people have probably really listened, you know, to Prince. And, you know, a lot of times, like if I'm going to give you a collab album or a Greatest Hits album, like, you know, I want you to listen to the artist and, and you know, not necessarily the, 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 the album. This, I wanted this album. This particular one is the album that I wanted to listen to um, and get your feedback on uh, more so than any others. Because, number one, it is super highly regarded um, just in the history of, of music. And I was curious to If this is your introduction to Prince, I'm curious to see what you think about it. Okay.
0: Okay. You know, I, yeah, no, all all that, yeah, no, all all that tracks because, I mean, it it is true. I'm very aware of Prince and I was aware this album existed and it was very highly regarded, but I never really listened to that much Prince ever, really. Mm -hmm. I heard Purple Brain purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> I, the, I i get the jokes <laughs> in my head um i was aware prince i'm a, i'm aware of uh him being a smash hit um but as far as like 80s pop goes i like the the closest thing i could think of as a comparison was mj i'm not that big of an mj fan either i, I mm-hmm. i'm aware of mj i've mm-hmm. pro- i've listened to way more of him than i have prince just because that seems to be the way history laid out but yeah okay so i understand Okay,
1: and that and that's also before I get in there. The MJ v Prince thing was a very real thing, and still is to this day. Oh yeah, um, it's there's people that you know love Michael Jackson's music um, and think he was you know, like one of the greatest artists ever, and they have disdain for Prince. And there's Prince fans that feel the exact same way, and you know have have a lot of disdain, you know, for for those fans on it um but yeah and that that still goes to this day you'll still see articles saying that you know it was you know Prince was this or MJ was that I read a there was a review today that um about this album and I want to say it was from a New Zealand magazine um that said you could remove Michael Jackson from pop music and it probably wouldn't change it if you removed Prince there would be no pop music as it is today so that was kind of one of their guards. So, but yeah, man, go on. I'm curious.
0: All right. Well, I've probably listened to it because I really, I, when I do these, I don't really do notes until the, like the day before I record. I just kind of want to sit with the record and listen to it and kind of see what tracks stand out. Cause I, I will sit down, let's do front to back. And then I'll like, oh Jesus. And then I'll like pick out singles. I want to play for people and that sort of thing and this one it's it doesn't feel like the record that a pop star would make it doesn't feel like that which I like a lot and as far as just the overall sound I was first listening to it drum machines stood out immediately tons of drum machines and I love drum machines especially over top of like real instruments I love the sound of not having an analog drum kit be there and having real guitars over top. I like that sound a lot. Um, Prince's vocals and songwriting stood out and I'll get more into that. A big takeaway was that there are some songs cause Prince from what I could tell was usually lumped as a rock guy. And on this, there's probably two, songs I would say are like rock songs and the rest of them are like this weird uh like mixed palette of like R&B and like jazz elements and disco and sex music which is like four songs I'm just gonna call them a sex music because that's what it is yeah. and I couldn't really put a pin on it because And this thing I noticed is that like, whenever it comes to music, I'm very interested in the sound of a record. And I know that you're very interested in the songwriting. It's the songwriting is like what takes the front seat and I'm really interested in the sound. And the sound of this thing is, I mean, it's this record. I can't think of too many, I've said this multiple times. I can't think of too many records that I know that pull off what this record pulls off. There's a live performance on this there's a very somber, like ballad, and the one that's labeled ballad isn't even a ballad. And there's a lot going on, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get my notes here, but th- those are my initial thoughts. And whenever I listen to it, I probably listen like the first four or five songs, <laughs> and just ran it back again, because <laughs> <laughs> sign of the times is like this fucking fantastic opener and i heard people on the internet calling it like really barren and bare bones production i couldn't really disagree more i mean it isn't like bombastic or like maximalist or anything there's definitely not a lot going on but it kind of pulls off a lot that like sparkling that really like it's not haunting but it's very like unnerving kind of Cause I can't separate that Almart from the record. And it's like, we're going to like this kind of wasteland of pop music is what it feels like, that opener is. And those first, it's all all the verses on those. That first verse might be the best songwriting on the record. And the second verse follows up when he says that last week his cousin did a for the very first time. Now he's doing horse, it's June. And then the that is so fucking ill. That is so goddamn dope. In the in the the big disease with a little name. That is he motherfucker. That is brilliant songwriting, and it just sets this mood of like, yes, we're gonna get grimy. And then they followed up with maybe my, one of my favorite songs in the record. It's so much fun. It's so much goddamn fun. I listen to it in the car. All the time, I left the pottery studio and it was pouring rain. I'm playing this song, and it's like, hell yes, that song is in the running for one of the most fun songs ever, and it's probably one of my most favorite songs on there. Um, to actually, to touch back on the uh, on the uh, on the sign of times, whenever you're quoting Greek philosophers in your fucking chorus, you get all the
1: respect in the world.
0: Love yeah, that
1: that's shit. that's uh, not to cut you off, but that's just grown-up ass music that song is Mm -hmm. and for that to come out after the stuff that he had put out earlier um was and he would ever he would do stuff like that on other albums but this was you know this this particular song was like you know yeah i do let's go crazy and i know you guys like purple rain and all that stuff but i'm a really fucking good songwriter and i can write about really seriously important shit and this is what I'm laying out to you right now. And it's a, a super strong statement on the album. Um, the one I, the comparison that I see everywhere on there is, um, you know, Marvin Gaye comparisons on that for, uh, you know, Mercy, Mercy, Me," the ecology song um, that's talking about what's really going on in life right now in real life. And uh, it's an, it's a very apt comparison, but, um, but yeah, go ahead. sorry. No, no, I, I, I see that. I see that comparison. the
0: only, The only Gay record I'm really familiar with is What's Going On, and I kind of, I kind of get that vibe. Where more, there's some tracks from Marvin Gaye is like having fun, but that that record specifically, there's a lot of like, hey, real shits going on, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is this is what's so annoying with the fucking variety in this record and how it's, it doesn't feel like a hodgepodge. It all like thematically sticks together and production wise sticks together. We need to bring back songs like Housequake. Or there's songs that exist because a dance exists with the song. It's kind of like dated at this point, but we need to bring back songs like Bart or Housequake. Housequake
1: is a lot of fucking fun. The base on that is disgusting. So let me ask you this if Silk Sonic recorded Housequake, how huge is that song? <laughs> holy shit oh yeah that's a smash hit that's an absolute smash hit it's 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 enormous if they do it and you know there's a couple a couple other ones on here you can't give away ideas like that for free (laughs) cover you'll make a 80 bazillion gazillion dollars it would get played more than freaking happy i mean it would be freaking everywhere it'd be bigger than uptown funk but no that's that's funny because that's the one i heard it and i'm like god damn if they would open the grammys with this They'd have just sold eight million units, like, like that. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead. House, <laughs> <And I, laughs> that's such a good fucking idea.
0: Housequake. Housequake was also the first um, instance of the pitch shifting vocal thing, which appears throughout and the music I listen to today. They do that shit all the time, and I love it I love it for on the first Brockhampton record they do a lot of pitch shifting and I'm pretty sure at some point Kevin has said that he directly was trying to sound like Prince or sound like someone that aped him and that is sticking around and I fucking love that and so I'll get into that because they it comes again and again and again um (laughs) about a Dorothy Parker I, I like that song Bubble Bath that every time I hear, it I, I sing that line to myself all the
1: time. it's just
0: so smooth, and, and and I do like the little like uh, narrative playing out whenever she says, "Ain't no like whoever's calling it, ain't as cute as you."
1: Bars, I I would, it's, oh, that shit's good. And Did then... you read about that? <laughs> Did you read the uh, how they got the sound on that? Mm-mm. So they installed a new soundboard when they recorded it um susan rogers had produced this album she produced him for about five or six years and prince was notoriously um uh difficult's not the right word to use probably but meticulous he, extremely meticulous on um, the way that he did stuff um but they installed this new soundboard and they they did it wrong they, they screwed it up <laughs> when they installed it and so they recorded it and they were like why does it sound like it's playing at half speed and Prince was like, I don't know but I fucking love it. So let's just do it. And so they <laughs> left it in there. But yeah, that's how they got that sound was the soundboard was screwed up. Man, cocaine fucking rocks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that fucking rules. And then yeah, there's... So on my notes, which aren't... I don't take that great of notes. I take notes so I can remember well, what I thought about it. There's four songs on here that my notes just say fucking... It is one of those songs. And you know what? I'm cool with it. We don't make, we don't make booty smooshing music anymore. And uh, it's a jam. It's a jam. I'm going to go through a couple of my other f- tracks that definitely stood out. Uh, Starfish and Coffee, the imagery and everything about it. It's like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds kind of mm-hmm. vibes, which is like very surrealist. And that also ties um, playing sunshine with the most fun song of the record. And whenever I heard it, the first thing I fucking heard on that instrumental was that backwards snare or the backwards kick. Ooh, ooh! When you put backwards shit, oh, he's got backwards stuff and he's got pitched vocals. Man, ooh, that's some good shit right there. Um, it was I did like um. I did like how there were, there, there's a few songs about relationships and love on here. Um, there's a good variety. There's a few fucking songs. And then um, Hot Thing, which is a, not really a love song. It's more of a lust song. And I think that's mm-hmm. very purposefully because he, he comes off maniacal in it. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like this frantic and there's th- that like instrumental was so like uh, just raw and like kind of like gnarly. And the song isn't like a really polished, like um, romantic thing. It is like this maniacal, lustful song. And following that with Forever My Life is a hilarious move. the pool where you make, you have a song about being obsessed with this like 20 year old woman. And then having the next song be like, I want to settle down and like snuggle and shit. (laughs) It's it's a good way to change the face on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the background vocals are great on that song, too. Oh, I love that one. You um, got the look. Nice on my fucking... Now, probably the... Okay, so there were three singles on this? Four singles on this?
1: Four. Mm-hmm. Four? They, they were, uh, yeah, Sign of the Times. So you got the look. If I Was Your Girlfriend and I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. Those if I questions. Was Your Girlfriend
0: made fucking careers. People yeah. made fucking careers on that song. Cause that whole, the whole song being that pitch shift, if you showed someone that didn't, you didn't tell him was a Prince song, they probably wouldn't know it was a Prince song. And the whole, I mean like there's very, like he's trying to be this like androgynous, just like loving thing instead of a man or a woman. And not only like that song's great. Cause not only is it basically it's a Prince song where Prince isn't the guy singing, He's singing from the perspective of a guy, you could, of a guy wanting to be the girlfriend, and he's in, in, talking about the relationship difference that a woman will have with her boyfriend versus with her friend who's a girl. That's a, that's a very cool try, and that's a very cool, that's confusing for anybody, and he's writing a song about it, so that's pretty tight. He's exploring that, and again, backwards production. Shit is backwards and it is fucking so sick. I love that so much. That might be my, it's not the one I play the most. I play the other two the most. This is maybe the strongest song on here. It's doing the most. It's definitely doing the most on here.
1: Yeah, the there is, oh, and and for those of you who haven't listened to the album, this is a double album on it, um, so there are a few more cuts than what we would normally talk about on a track, on a regular album. Um, and it was, the the mythology behind this album is huge. I and mean, there is, there have been like literally books and movies made about it. Um, so he at one point in time was going to record an album all done in falsetto and release it under a different, under a pseudonym, basically. And that was going to be Camille. And so that's why a lot of that pitch stuff is on there. And that's where that's done. And because this album was kind of cobbled together from three, from three different albums. Um, Which is impressive he as a, hell because you would never know. And then he made a double album out of it basically to make Warner Brothers happy because he wanted to release a triple album. And they said no because sales have been down from Purple Rain and so the stuff's been cobbled together on that so it's actually it's a pretty fascinating read and it's everywhere rolling stone's got a great article on it spin's got great articles on it too about just how the album came to be and where it came from and i don't want to talk too much about it because i'm not knowledgeable enough and i'm probably piss a lot of prince fans off if they hear it um because i'm not as knowledgeable about it as they are but yeah it's it's pretty interesting and the album was kind of again pulled together stuff was redone he had literally just fired his band Uh, Before he did this album, that's why the the instrumentation is pretty sparse um, because he pretty much played all the instruments on this album with a very with very few exceptions, probably 90 percent of it um, and did most of the vocals um, all by himself, too. He did have some some backing vocals from um, from a few other people that were that were on it. And uh, but just the fact when you listen to the album that you realize that he played all of this himself. Did all of this himself. It was just him and again the producer Susan Rogers. Um, it's amazing and it's a testimony of how of the brilliance that he had. Um, the only thing that sounds dated on this record is just the very sound of the drum machine, because that's the sound that it was back then. I mean, that's nothing that could be changed. Um, but to kind of touch back to um on like slow love, again, that's another song that if Bruno Mars recorded that right now it would be enormous and if you're a Bruno Mars fan and you haven't listened to Prince go listen to Prince because Bruno Mars you know when he did the thing at the Grammys when Prince died he does Prince I mean you can tell that it is a humongous influence on him and many many other artists and like going back to Housequake um, and you know making that joke about sos on doing that song that's the sound they do mm-hmm. I mean that that's <laughs> what they do that's the sound that they' that they're doing and you're like wow they do jazz they do RB and they do and they do this and they do that and they're like yeah so did this guy but it was just like you know 25 years earlier that he was doing all this so um, sorry go ahead
0: all right to round off the rest of the record um, the last three songs are the only ones that sound like they were from a different project, but they still fit on here very well. And it's solely because there's real instruments on there, which is nice to hear. Whenever you hear the real drums and the real guitars and the live performance thing, that's very, I, I it's nice and refreshing. It makes you like, oh, I forgot that there were real drums existed. I like mm-hmm. that. I like, and those are the only ones that really feel like a rock song. Um, I can never take the place of your. I can never take the place of your man. Feels like a rock song, and that's really the only one on here that really fits that bill. Um. A strange relationship. I I glossed over that one, and I did not want to gloss over that one, because there are two lines on here that are fucking hilarious. I can't stand to see you happy. <laughs> it's the funniest shit I've ever heard. And then following up with the oh, but I, I hate to see you sad too. It's like okay, okay, friends. Yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the um, oh god, opening up with the with the I don't I don't like the winter, but I love I, I love to do you cold. That was fucking bars yeah. too. That was icy as hell. And it's it, it's a nice um exploration of another relationship where it's like this mutually hateful thing but they both like are still in it and it doesn't seem to be that much bad blood that's a fun that's a fun relation to explore make a song about and then the last three the last three are probably the ones i come back to the least they're also the longest which Mm -hmm. is probably why i come back to them the least because i am very impatient but the cross in the cross it's going to be a beautiful night and a door are very good way to close out this record with a nice slow, it's a nice come down with the cross. It's that's the real ballad on the record about of Dorothy Parker's labeled the ballad, but the cross is the real ballad. And that is a great way to, to, to come to an end on the record.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the cross is an absolutely amazing song, uh, because mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's probably one that a lot of, uh, like, true diehard Prince fans are probably hold pretty dear to their heart. You know, it's, it's, um, well, it basically starts off with acoustic guitar and, you know, very, very sparse drumming. And, um, you know, it is a, I mean, it's a deeply spiritual song, but the way that it ends, it's just roaring guitars and just like mm-hmm. a cacophony of noise. And it's just, it's, it's such a really cool song. And, you know, you hear a lot of times you, you hear those spiritual songs or, or, you know, songs about religion and they can get, you know, sometimes they're a little bit kind of hokey or a little bit over the top or a little bit, you know, over serpy And this is just like, no, man, you, you need to accept, accept the cross into your heart and and he'll take care of things. And then it's just like guitar upon guitar upon guitar. And it's just, it's, it's an amazingly well-built song from start to finish. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. No, it, that, no, no, I, I
0: completely understand that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a great, it's a re- nice refreshing and replenishing moment on the record after all this fucking songs and, you know, everything's going to hell and blah, blah, blah. And then it, this comes in and it's like, now we're good. Don't worry about it. And then, uh, yeah, the last track, Adore. <laughs> this isn't... Now, listen, the other songs are fucking songs. This one <laughs> kind of fits in that camp, but it is definitely the most sexy song on there it is so smooth and full of jazz and i didn't say this about a lot of the other songs almost all the bass and the rhythm and the groove that a lot of these songs bring is tremendous a lot of these songs you can move your shit to and this is a song that i can hear in the reception everyone's with their arms around each other and all swaying back and forth listening to this at a rece- wedding reception Hell yes, and it is. Uh, there's not. You could close with the cross, but closing with the door is beautiful. My my note says "sexy song for baby making," and that is precisely what it is. And if anyone's gonna do it, it may as well be Prince, because I think I think this guy had sex. I think yeah, so. I think it's I'm I'm reckoning. I'm
1: reckoning that he did. <laughs> it, it's this. this <laughs> This cracks me up because the door is actually it was it's a huge song. Um and a lot of people played it, you know, at their weddings. And it's just one of those things that because this one actually says fucking in it also. (laughs) Um (laughs) which you know a lot of the other ones don't. And I'm like, this is you may kiss the bride's like, you might as well just do her here, buddy, because that's all this song (laughs) says what the song's saying. And I mean it's it's not subtle at all. No, Um, no, 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 no. But it's it's a great song, and I could uh I, I can definitely see why uh so many people you know like it. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely baby making music. There ain't no question about that. It's uh it's it's not subtle. It's not no, subtle. No. And, uh, and there isn't yeah. a lot of
0: subtlety on the record. There's no <laughs> innuendo. there's no guessing. What's this one about? That's so, that song is just called it. What's the it, you reckon? I, I will t- a funny little anecdote. I was uh doing pottery with my brother in the studio and it was just us in there, and I was listening to this and I was I was literally dancing to a couple of songs in the pottery studio and then it is on and then this nice young woman comes strolling into the studio and i was like dear god i hope she knows that i did not just put this on right now because i'm (laughs) gonna look like a total creep and i just want to make pottery dude it was it was great it was (laughs) it was fun prince almost got me in trouble there so uh
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. But no, it's, I think it's pretty amazing that, you know, you've got a record that in this, that you said that has, you know, really honestly pretty almost, almost every single type of music on it mm-hmm. as far as every genre that's on it. Um, it has a, a huge range of ideas and topics, um, you know, a million different styles. Like you said, a bunch of different vocal styles, um, you know, a bunch of different topics that they're hitting on, um, you know, one thing that I will kind of touch back on that you said earlier is um, most people wouldn't really consider Prince a rock artist. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really more like we probably considered him more of an R and B artist. Part of that might have been at that point in time because if there was anybody that played music and they were black, we considered him an R and B artist or artist. <laughs> yeah, urban music. Uh, yeah, urban music. Um, but we begged and begged for Prince to put out a rock album because for those of you that don't know he was an absolutely phenomenal guitar player like a legendarily good guitar player um i was fortunate enough to get to see him in concert he did one of the greatest guitar solos i've ever seen live in my life and if you want to see how good of a guitar player prince is it's all over youtube you can find it um is watch him play while my guitar gently uh, sleeps from the rock and roll hall of fame um i don't remember what year it was in it's easy to find um and listen and and live the guitar solo that he plays on that album because the guys he's on stage with are even like holy shit what's going on right now um but an absolutely amazing guitar player um and just musician overall, um, that could do a lot of different styles on it. But um, again, just jazz, everything that's on this album, it's there's something for everybody on it. But sorry, oh, yeah. go ahead.
0: There's hot, um, a hot, not hot thing. Um, you got to look as like damn near one of the songs you could technically classify as a house song because it keeps a four hmm. on the floor kick the entire time. And you got the look is like very, like almost disco-y, where it's definitely you can get some nice groove going to that one. And it's yeah, no, it's it is insane how much variety there is on there. And that being said, it's still all tracks, it's still all tracks on the one record. And calling it sign of times is kind of a hilarious thing to do because it's similar in the way that pop two is saying this is pop two sometimes is he's saying like we're, we're changing hands this is this is the change of the guard now mm-hmm. and uh, pop music can really be anything it wants to be because mm-hmm. how did if i was your girlfriend like was that a smash was it a smash
1: um it was it was huge on again um you know at that time you had different radio stations that played different styles of uh, if i was your girlfriend was it, yeah it, it charted i want to say it was in the top 10 um it but it was huge on urban radio um it was massive massive hit you got to look and um never take the place of your man the, they were big on mtv and they were big on mainstream radio um, i can hear them but and sign of the times was big too also one of the first lyric videos ever put out um oh yeah no i saw that i saw that. it was a sick-ass video yeah warner brothers actually made him pull it and uh they didn't like it and they made him uh do a live version of it a concert version of it they pulled the video and did a concert version of it and that there's a lot of stuff that happened with warner brothers one of the reasons that he left the label and and kind of went on his own and kind of did the print stuff um I just think say they didn't like a black man
0: talking about HIV and fucking and and heroin. That'd be my guess.
1: There's there's a lot. That's a long, long, long story behind it Um, with him leaving Warner Brothers and, you know, changing his name and everything. Um, But, you know, he was such a prolific recorder is that he has he has more unreleased music that's now starting to see the light of day. Fortunately, Uh, like he literally recorded every day and susan rogers there's a lot of really good interviews with her out there about the album it's like he'd work on something think it was great sleep on it at night and be like nah put it in the vault don't like it chuck it and uh he has I've, I've i've heard that there are upwards of like 50 albums worth worth of music a finished product that he never released that it's just in the vault and they're starting to release some of that stuff so it's kind of cool you can i will actually be able to hear new prince music for a long time, because the 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 estate is finally starting to release some of that music. Uh,
0: I'm glad you brought the vault stuff because I remember in 2019, um, I was watching uh, a Fantano. Fantano had a new video about a, a new Prince record, and it wasn't like a classic review. It was a new record called Originals, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like Prince has been dead for a minute now, and I get yeah, I guess he really they released like a, a vault record called Originals, and usually. Whenever a artist, and we could do a whole video on that, whenever they do posthumous releases of artists, it's almost always like this total cash grab exploitative. Like, I, it's usually disgusting to watch it happen, but all these Prince fans were dying because originals was like a, a jam. They were just like mm-hmm. classics after classics on it, on stuff that was unreleased. And I I remember one of the, one of the things that uh, the melon man said was he said that it is ridiculous that Prince's stuff from the eighties still sounds more forward thinking than a lot of pop music coming out now. And that I mean, that shows that Prince is the man.
1: Yeah. There's um, I can't remember the exact quote, but but he's got more, he's got more stuff in the vault than Hendrix released in his entire lifetime. Mm. And, (laughs) um, and a lot of other artists there's, again, there's, there's so much stuff about Prince out there, but um, like I said, he literally recorded and this, and most of this stuff is finished product that he recorded and and did something and then changed his mind and just said, you know, I'm not feeling it right now or whatever and put it away. So yeah, that's, that is, that is something that's kind of exciting is is there's, and they didn't, they didn't release stuff for a long time and now they are starting to, and it's, you know, again, it's finished product that's out there. So um, yeah, that's, that's super exciting. So How would you, uh, you know, how would you sum up the album as a whole?
0: If I was to sum up the album in a whole, I would say that the sound on this isn't exactly, I know you could play this for some people and they would say it sounds dated, but there are certain records I come back to And you can tell they were made in a certain time, but that usually doesn't really matter at all. Like I I know that Let It Be was made in the 60s, but that doesn't matter. It it doesn't sound dated. You can Mm -hmm. tell when it's from, but it's not dated. And this fits in that camp of, I can tell this is an 80s record, but also as much, there's a lot of risks. Like the fact that if I was your girlfriend charted is ridiculous. I mean, it's a really weird song still today, and I'm I love it because I'm am adjusted and I like I like a lot of the stuff that's a lot of the risks that are happening on here. So as a whole, it's like <laughs> it's like uh, the record feels like you're going into a dumpster riot in the middle of the Bronx and there are these four really cool guys wearing fur coats and they say hey come over here let's listen to record before this all fucking goes out this is what the record sounds like it is a lot of fun there's a lot of fun stories being told the production is interesting and there's still stuff i pick up on and there's still new stuff i notice like the backwards horn things I I didn't, I barely noticed that. I was just listening to it intently in the car today, and I was like, that's a backwards horn. This is weird. And it is very interesting to see how forward thinking this man in 1987 was, and to hear how many careers were built after this, because being in uh, making weird stuff and uh, being this androgynous kind of character. That is a lot of people's the whole thing now. There's a lot of that in pop music, and b and neo soul, and it is, yeah, that that that's what that's what I would say about it. So, with, and I it would so- highly recommend it to anybody who listens to Frank Ocean, Silk Sonic. Brock Hampton even like MIA I was like the pitch shifting I can hear on there um um blood orange anybody that's into nice silky smooth baby making love songs that are coming out now this will be a fucking jam for you and even if not if you like mm, rock stuff uh i can never replace your man that that might fit that might fit your taste you'll you'll find something on here
1: i used to put that on like almost every mixtape that i made i just (laughs) i i I used to put it on like everything we played at parties because it's just it's a jam song um yeah and the one they released for radio there was a radio edit on that where it cut out the kind of the longer like zeppelin break (laughs) in the middle of that song (laughs) um that cut that out so it made it you know a super tight uh super tight song but no i just i love that and that's also one of the great um it, it's a song you don't hear a whole lot of but the whole uh yeah baby not tonight song from a guy you basically you never really hear that and that's exactly what you know what that particular song is i just i, I just love that i love the the keyboard line over the top of it i think it's killer i love the drum line mm. out. i love everything about that song but you know Um,
0: that keyboard is so fucking catchy the oh man that's some nice shit
1: right there so do you think if you put this on for or you had your friends into it do you think that they would that they would like the album
0: uh certain cuts certain cuts i've got i've got friends like i know i got friends that would like a lot like like the record as a whole but like uh like uh, Kay- Kaylee's mom. Kaylee's mom. She, they're Kaylee and Kaylee's mom are both big MJ fans. And I was playing <laughs> to grant it. I wasn't playing ones I figured she would like. I was playing Sign of Times for, and she didn't really dig it. And then I asked Kaylee's mom like, "Are you a Prince fan at all?" And she was like, "No, not really." And I was like, "This is fucking strange to me." But I get it because whenever I whenever I heard this, I was like, "Okay, I can definitely see why people are gonna debate MJ versus Prince because they're both kind of." pop stars of the 80s but also mj definitely seems like bad seems like more of a record that a pop star would make and this Mm -hmm. this seems like like we said last week the one for you one for me this one was for him this one was not to charge he's just so good that he can't help it sometimes it seems (laughs) So, but yeah, no, there definitely, there definitely are cuts on here that I think uh, people could get down with. I if I'll play House quick at the next party I have, and I let I let you know how it goes
1: because hell, just tell them it's
0: still Sonic. they'll love it. If if you can't get down, shut up, damn. <laughs> um.
1: So do you also understand, um, the reverence of this album? Because I know that you've seen this on all time charts. And it's, it's everywhere on those charts. I mean, it's, I've seen, yeah. It I saw this, as, this, this was one on a spin list. Yeah. This is one, you know, it's usually top albums of the eighties. It's, it's one or it's, you know, within the top 10 um, it's even, I want to say the last uh, Rolling Stone, the top 500, the one that came out in 2020, I want to say it was like 45 on that, which that's, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. If, yeah. if you have one of the top 500 albums of all time, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, if you have one of the top 50, I mean, that's like you've reached Godhead status. And, yeah. you know, this thing's, there's tens across the board on this album um, everywhere. But so do you see, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. So would you, would you put this on par with like Pet Sounds? The
0: reason... I can't say because I'm much more familiar with the sound that Pet Sounds. I'm, I'm more familiar with that era. I'm more familiar with the '60s And when it comes to '80s. I'm not that big in the '80s music. I'm not that. I'm not that big into it, because with Pet Sounds, I can see pretty clearly pre and post. I didn't live it, but I can be like, okay, I see this and I understand this. But this is kind of. I'm not familiar with the '80s sound too much and the R&B sound too much. Is, that was never really my pocket, but reading about it and even like with the limited knowledge that I do have, I mean like I the pit I can't say it enough, the pit shifting thing I love and I haven't heard it on a record going back this deep before. And mm-hmm. it is badass. So I definitely understand the I I get why it's uh so revered and why it's put on such a high pedestal. But i can't say i'm not too familiar with this era of music
1: okay that's fair um you know this was you know it's funny because i said this last week you know this isn't even my favorite prince album um and it's not like purple rain is my favorite prince album because i just listened to it a bazillion gazillion times and it's just fun and it's it's a it's a great freaking you know it's a great freaking record um but this is like by far and away from the stuff that came out from that time, especially from from him that came out. This was definitely the most grown up album that he had put out there, and this was him saying, you know, definitely don't think it was probably, you know, a a, a shot at MJ, but this was like, I'm an artist, and I'm multi talented, and this is what I want to put out, and. I don't have to have Quincy Jones tell me what I want to do or MTV tell me what I want to do or Pepsi tell me what I want to do. This is like you said, this is for me and this is what I want to do. And this is my serious stamp that I am to be taken seriously as an artist. And that I am that talented. And uh, so I, I do see it as one of those all time albums again, even though it's not my favorite Prince album. Um, But yeah, I think it's worthy of all the praise that it gets. And, and I think it's, I don't think it's overrated at all. I think it's properly rated. And I would say, yeah, 10 out of 10 is properly rated for this album. And there's there's not a lot of albums that I can sit there and probably go through and say, yeah, that, you know, because you hear some, you know, and and you and I have listened to some stuff, you know, and I'm like, okay, you got to listen to this. It's, it's, you know, it's a classic album, you know, so-and-so. And then you listen to it and you're like, man, I, just, I really don't get it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's stuff that I listened to because I was supposed to listen to it, mm-hmm. but I didn't really like it and this is one of those that yeah you're supposed to listen to it because you're supposed to and you're like damn it's a really good album I yeah, really like it. yeah 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 again this isn't this isn't like okay i'm gonna
0: ooh, okay i'm gonna say something really brave right here When oh. i was listening to all the records i was supposed to listen to mm-hmm. i listen to illmatic and listen i get it but you're insane i right? have not once ever put on a fucking song off illmatic on in my car but this is not a homework li- I I just had something really fucking stupid guys because we're friends so we can we can keep a secret. Don't clip this. but this is not a homework record. This is genuinely a shitload of fun. It's a shitload of fun and it's very it's not even I, I the, the mature thing I get because I I thought of something clever about the MJ thing. some some very awesome biting satire I was gonna spit out of my mouth. but like, because that's the only really comparison I have, the pop stars on that time. Because, like, when... Phil Collins, was he the 80s? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Phil Collins and in a... Hebe Lewis in the news, like, I... But this, again, isn't that. This isn't hip to be square. This isn't bad. And I, right. I like MJ. MJ writes hits. He's a fucking hit machine.
1: MJ has people write hits for him.
0: Yes. <laughs> and then he gets his fucking shit burned. And... <laughs> Prince, is, I can tell off of this, this being my my first Prince record to listen to, I'm very glad because I did go and listen to like the first four songs on Purple Rain and I like them, but it doesn't quite do what this did for me at all, really. And maybe I'll give Purple Rain some more listening. I definitely do want to explore some more Prince stuff, even though there's a thousand records to listen to. If yeah, you there's should. a lot. But... He, yeah, he's, I, I definitely got the vibe that this wasn't, which I'm glad. I don't, I don't listen to a ton of pop. Mm-mm, that's not true. The pop that I listen to, I'm usually listening to the ones where people say, this isn't the other stuff. This isn't the other stuff, and it pays off. And I like that. I like that, and it comes through because this just seems like a record this isn't like a pop record or a record that was made to have hits this isn't like a t-swift kind of thing this is just fucking good songs on here
1: yeah i i agree And this you know this was i I actually now i kind of wish that you would have listened to purple rain first and then her or listen like dirty mind or 1999 listen to that first and then to hear this come out and hear the complete you know the complete difference in his sound you know, like he had gotten rid of his band and he, you know, like I said earlier, and he had gotten rid of everything and this was the sound that came out of it. And that's why it was so kind of shocking for everybody when they heard it. It was like, it doesn't sound like a Prince record. Um, But it's a great record. So, well, good, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Highly recommend it.
0: Highly recommend it. If you say you fuck with the music, if you say you can hang and you don't know any shit off of this, get
1: out of here. You can't hang, dude. So I am going to give to you another album from the 80s. This one would be from 1987, ABU album. Um, It is called Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses.
0: So that's why mom said the appetite was, is that why mom said the appetite was better than doom?
1: I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I so.
0: Want, I want to make sure we get this out there real quick. My mother... On Sunday, send me a message that said, MF Doom, jazzy rap with an elevator vibe. (laughs) It's different. (laughs) And I said, It's fantastic. And she said, It's not dreadful, but it needs more screechy guitars. Appetite is so much better. (laughs) So, yeah, that would be the reason why. All right. We're going to be (laughs) listening. We're going to be listening to Appetite. I'm going to put aside my. Listen, I've said some things that would put me in a court in front of a lot of rock star fans that would have me hung for Crimes Against Humanity, so I'm going to put aside all my pretension and be a very good boy and, a pre- and try and appreciate this record. Because I, I haven't revisited Guns and Roses in a long time, in a long, 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 long,
1: long time, so we'll make sure it still fucks. I i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it okay okay i think i think you'll enjoy it i don't know i i don't know how you can't and quick (laughs) quick caveat on this i hated this record the first time i heard it hated it i'll get into that next time on on why but I, I freaking hated this album the first time I heard it. <laughs> Okie doke. Well,
0: today I thought to myself, you know, I've, I haven't been giving you a ton of, I've, I've accidentally been giving you songwriting people, but I was thinking to myself, let's see what post 2010, post 2000 has to offer in the world of songwriting. And so I'm trying to narrow it down. And I think I've decided on the record Maybe not. I, there's, there's, there's at least, there's, I, it's like I literally have six cartridges in a chamber <coughs> and just figure out which one we're going to shoot. But I feel safe in my pick. Um, I'm going to give you, don't recall the year, but it is a record named after a state, which we're already, you already love records named after states in the Midwest. So we're already hitting some, some cylinders. I'm going to give you. My favorite Sufjan Stevens record, Illinois, it is good. <laughs> Won't say much more than that. Uh, be prepared for some, I think Baroque is the correct word. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Baroque. It's big, it's big. It is Midwest and he writes his ass off. Although you don't mind Elliot Smith, right? his voice? No, I don't mind his voice. We're good. We're good. All bases is covered. We're good.
1: Okay. So, all right. Um, so, thanks again to everybody that's <clears throat> made it through this with us. Um, Seth, tell them where they can listen to our nonsense. Woo!
0: Boys, I got some good news for you because apparently I didn't make it clear in the last video that I made. You can listen to the episodes uncut in their entirety except for the spots where we go out to go pee you can watch those in their entirety on Spotify they're not on YouTube because this is on YouTube I'm not going to double upload you can find them on Stitcher Um, basically anywhere else you can find your podcast beside Apple podcasts they are lagging behind but Spotify anywhere else you can get your podcast Google Podcasts Stitcher all that good stuff you can find them on there in their entirety and you can also watch the Name Namesuit podcast, which we're never going to make new episodes of until we do. And yeah, I'm going to keep doing the YouTube. I'm going to keep, this is like going to be a shorter thing. And I like the visual element of it a lot. I think there is something to watching people that you're having a conversation with, you know, actually in be in the conversation. And, but since we're going to be on Spotify, um, we're also going to be getting some higher, higher quality microphone stuff. Hopefully it works out with this one but yeah go launch it wherever you can make sure you guys tune into the names to channel and see everything that we do and go tell your friends about it too go tell your friends we'll fight you
1: man so we'll be doing the shorter the shorter version on youtube still going forward like we've been doing here the long form you can listen to on spotify um the other platforms he was talking about as well um again thanks to everybody that is that has been listening um you know if something you want us to, want us to listen to or want us to, to review or something like that, drop it in the comments. Um you know we appreciate it. Say the thing that everyone you're like, oh I can't believe they have to say that. But yeah, like, rate, review, pound that subscribe button. Uh, pound it, it, it that does, subscribe button, boys. It does it does help a lot. Um it and uh you know just, just kind of gives us some juice to keep doing this, but um again (laughs) thanks for everything um until next time we'll see you then and prince freaking rocks prince fucking rocks peace